This is a podcast taking place in Montreal, Canada, where I sit down with creative minds to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned in the city, and how we can make an impact. What's up, guys? It's your boy Gento, and this is Loki MTL. Prochaine station. Loki MTL. You had a bunch of different names, right? There's a Gabby, there's Argento, there's A1 Gento, and then recently I've been seeing you've been calling yourself Gento. The name change is mostly, I would say it's a branding thing. So um, A1 Gento was more of that like hip hop trap kind of vibe. So the reason why I changed to Gento is just to have a more commercial um, branding package as a full. You know, because I changed the style of music a little bit to be a little bit more commercial, I decided to just take the A1 out of the name and stick to Gento. So what what would you say your style is, though? Well, now I'm doing a little bit more, uh, I'd say it's like pop, uh, pop rap, uh, with a little bit of punk influence to it, too. Um, As an artist, you know, we're always changing, we're always developing our sounds, so uh, I, I do jump back and forth. Um, between styles so who knows what the next project might be but just for now you know I'm doing a little bit more commercial pop stuff have you always looked at it with a branding mind like since the beginning Um, since the beginning it was always um, I was taking different approaches so at the beginning you know um, I was known as Argento Uh, I did a lot of stuff I toured Canada under that name I had a song on uh, on the radio with that name um, I even worked in, in the States under that name with some pretty big record labels. And then when I became independent afterwards, I decided, okay, you know, I'm going to change my name just to leave that sort of part of my career behind and move forward with something different, something fresh. Okay, okay, yeah. So you were assigned to a label before and then you got out of it? Well, I was never really signed to a label. I was, uh, I was working with a manager and I was basically signed with my manager who was um, Vito Luprano. He basically discovered and executive produced for Celine Dion for over 25 years, and he was the VP of Sony Canada. Okay, is he a Montreal? Yeah, he's a Montreal legend. So I've been working with him uh, up until, I'd say, around 2018. And then um, we sort of parted ways, and I kept doing my music, and um, I wanted to do something more along the lines of more hip-hop because back then i was i was doing commercials so i moved into hip-hop a little bit more and now i'm finding my way back to more commercial and sort of a blend between the two right yeah that's the thing too with music nowadays it's very like mixed and like people put like like post malone for example he posts from so many different genres exactly and i feel like that's what makes like innovating music is like the best way to go for sure yeah yeah so because as an artist you know i've tried every single style every single way of rapping every single flow singing not singing straight punchlines and that and i mean you're testing it out the waters you see what works and you know, yeah that's basically what it is yeah that's it do you have a studio of your own or is that just a because i know that you were involved with the studio and like renting out studio time for a bit yeah well i was um i, I was basically the owner of tromont studios okay. uh, so tromont was around for a few years i'd say about four years until i closed it down and the reason why I closed Trillmont was to really focus on myself as an artist. 
I mean, sorry to all the other Montreal talent that I was working with. Really had a, a lot of big names in the scene that I was recording and developing and producing for. And then um, I started doing my ventures in Florida and Miami. So at that time, I pretty much packed up the studio and I brought most of it with me to Florida. Um, and so I had my setup over there. And now that I'm back in Canada, I brought my, my setup back. I have my studio still, but I'm, it's not open to the public. I'm not taking any clients. It's basically just for personal use. You're just locking yourself in there and just grinding it out? Yeah, basically. Okay. Just keep, keep on um, pumping out content and yeah. always working on new music. Yeah, it's, it's just a 10,000 hours, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Miami, though, why did you choose to leave Montreal? Is it because there's better opportunities elsewhere? Definitely. Definitely, yeah. Um, Montreal being uh, dominantly a French-speaking territory, uh, I, I, I feel personally that a lot of the artists that are successful in Montreal are French because there's there's a, a wider variety of people listening to French music here. And um, most of the platforms are French. Radio stations are French. Except so the for, mainstream ones, yeah, yeah. Except for a couple of mainstream ones. And so Florida, there's just a lot more in terms of studio uh, production, producers, beats, uh, influencers, celebrities, people to link up with. You can be at the, the right place at the wrong, uh, right place at the right time, meet up with someone completely out of the blue, you know, and make a great connection there. Yeah. Things like that. Um, personally, I don't really feel happen every day in Montreal. Great. You know, in, in Miami, there's just a greater chance of... Uh, Have you looked at LA as well? Yeah, I've been to LA a few times as well, but you know, they're both very big cities and you got to go in there and build your connections. Is there a reason so, why you went towards Miami versus LA though? Yeah, Miami is uh, basically, I started going to Miami when I was very young. Um, I, I have a lot of family who live there. Okay. So um, when I was working with some of the labels in Miami, when I started going there when I was around 17 years old, um, everything was close by. You know, I had my relatives that lived like 10 minutes away from the studio. Um, so, you know, in this studio is the Hit Factory. It's one of the most renowned studios where um, Hotel California was recorded there and most of Michael Jackson, all, all the heavy players recorded. Out but of you're, already, you're already going to the studio when you're that young, like you already have access to it? Yeah, well, I was, uh, I was under management with Vito. So he was get, getting the studio time and we were, also, um, we were also doing some work with Cash Money and that was basically their home studio. That's where Birdman has his studio and Lil Wayne has his studio there as well. So we were doing sessions there and you know everything was just close together. I had family who lived 10 minutes away so I never had to stay in a hotel or anything. I would just stay with my relatives. And so... Um, yeah, that makes sense because if you're, especially if you're growing up, you're technically growing up in Miami as well, right? So you're yeah, so more was, comfortable there. I, I did all my school in Montreal and up until, you know, um, I'd say like my second year of college in CJ. Abbott? At Abbott, yeah. Those are the days where you'd pull up with your laptop and start just exactly. freestyling, huh? Yeah, yeah, just freestyling in the, at Cassegrain. Yeah. You know, everyone would be smoking weed and shit between classes. We'd have our little freestyle circles. So um, right up until then... Um, after that's when I started really working with Vito and we started traveling to Florida more and more. But even before that, like I was going like, I'd say twice a year to Florida to see my family. And, you know, I had my little group of friends there. Um, you know, I had my, my plugs there too and whatever. So I, I would get to Florida and I'd be comfortable. And then the fact that when I started working with these labels, everything was so close together and I was always, I was already familiar with the, the environment. 
it made it a lot more comfortable. And then I actually decided to to stay in Florida for six months out of the year. So I was... That was right after uh, like Abbott times? Yeah. So then I started staying six months out of the year in Florida. And, just to focus uh, on music? Just to grind it out, you know? And then um, and then I, then I got a kid. So I started coming back, going back and forth. And when you got a kid, did that like change your mentality and did your like worth ethic kind of change? Well, definitely. Yeah. Once I, I had my kid, you know, I started, uh, I started thinking about every option, you know, I, I said, you know, music's good right now. Is it paying all the bills? Not technically. So uh, that's when I opened up the studio. So that was very successful and I was, you know, happy with the results. And I also opened up a few other businesses. So Oh, what, kid, else, what else? What other businesses did you? Um, I had a landscaping company. Oh, so in the Montreal. In in Montreal, okay. yeah. So we're doing Unistone and. Uh, okay, sick. Driveways and everything like that. So I really like when I had my daughter. It was diff- basically just different game plan. You know how yeah, to figure yeah. it out. Just so. diversify. Exactly. You know, just uh, you got you got another you got a mouth to feed. So. Yeah, I like. I would imagine it gets more serious when. Yeah, it definitely. Like, it gets yeah. Like that. So you, you basically, yeah, it does change your mindset. You know, makes you more dedicated, motivated, and you got something that you can physically look at and say, "I got to take care of this person and just go harder." Yeah, because you hear stories of like people that haven't really like done much, and then as soon as they have a kid, all of a sudden, like you would think you have less time. But they somehow find time to just grind it out and then they build like all these crazy businesses out of it. Yeah. People who say they don't have time is an excuse. You know, I had a daughter, I had um, a bunch of different businesses and, you know, I always, always made time to make music at the end of the day for myself. I always made time to put in an extra grind, find a different side hustle, always just stay proactive and, you know, always keep a positive mind too. You know, that's what's going to drive you forward. If you're always negative, you're going to bring that negative vibe to you. Yeah, right. You know, your colleagues are going to feel it. People are going to feel your negativity. And that's the last thing you want. You know, you want to spread positivity. You want to motivate people. And, you know, yeah. So having a kid definitely motivates you to put your put your pedal on the gas and just kick it. Yeah. What is it about Miami or like L.A., for example, would you bring to Montreal? And like you think the creative space in Montreal needs right now? Uh, definitely engineers. Okay. Engineers. Um that's one thing I forgot to mention before is that Miami and LA and all these places, you know, they, they're, they're home to the best engineers in the world. And uh, I think that Montreal does have some good engineers, but nothing at the, at the industry level, I don't think. That's true. Uh, last night I was actually on a clubhouse call and uh, this dude from Toronto, he's looking for engineers and he's like, he's like asking if there's any in Montreal. It seems like in Canada in general. Like I feel like in Toronto there'd be more though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in Toronto, you have all these big players that are working with the big names like Drake and The Weeknd. So yeah, but that's the thing. They're Drake, very exclusive. Yeah, so, Drake created that whole scene, though, right? I feel like prior to Drake, it was probably the same as Montreal. Yeah, yeah. Even when I when I was running the studio, and, and I was engineering, I always felt that you know, to for someone to really get on top of the mix and and master it properly, I would always send it out to the states. You know, so I would have somebody else just overlook the whole mix and put the final touches on it because you, you can never get that industry sound unless you really know what you're doing. So yeah, definitely engineer is something I feel like my Yeah, and I noticed a lot of artists here too, they dabble a lot in engineering their own music because like, that's probably one of the reasons because there's not a lot here. Yeah, especially with COVID, you know, everyone's uh, everyone brought their studio into their bedrooms yeah. type thing, you know? So 
everyone's trying to engineer and you know you could you could pay an engineer or paypal or or something like that and uh they'll mix your songs you send them the stamps and you know that's something i would suggest to a lot of these artists that are recording from their homes is uh find a reliable good producer that uh, engineer that you like that you trust you like his sound when you play his music in your car it's exactly how you want it and you know send him your stems let him let him mix your stuff do you do that do you like uh listen to it on your phone and like in your car yeah yeah i listen to it on studio monitors in my car off my phone headphones and then i even got like these shitty stereo but definitely you got that one engineer that's just gonna make that shit sound good on everything. on everything right yeah so when you're in miami you're i guess you're networking a lot um what's like the best form of networking in miami do you have to like go to clubs and like pop because i know miami has this whole like flex culture yeah so i don't know if that has anything to do with like people getting your attention or you giving getting attention you know for like well, networking thing is uh clubbing is is definitely not the best place to network i don't find uh because you know you're in and out there so fast plus like most of the time you're drinking and you know everything's just happening so quick um and yeah people are just popping bottles and it gets crazy so um after the clubs you get back to the studio because you know um studios they're, they're highly active and you know like there's people there 24 7. so you'll have artists doing sessions at like five in the morning and and you'll have artists doing sessions from 10 to 10 a.m and in the meantime at 2 a.m they'll head to the club and come back to the studio for five and then have the, the rest of their session so i feel like the studio for me was the best place to to network um yeah everybody's in the same mindset there too right? yeah studio studios everyone's about the same thing obviously because they're all there for the same purpose and it's I, I feel like it's the best place to to network but also just um you know making friends you know as you would anywhere else um, and building on those relationships is a good thing. Like the way I met Melly wasn't at the studio. Um, I met Melly through one of my friends and Melly was at his house. And then I started talking to Melly and chilling with him. And I, I didn't really know who he was as, as an artist when I first met him. Um, so we, we like kicked it. And then I showed him some of my music and he showed me his music. And then when I seen the views, I was like, holy shit, like you're, you're on something with this murder on my mind track. And then Yes, we, we started kicking it and it was all because of the relationship I had with somebody else and just networking. Yeah, just being open to meeting new people, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And, just, and, and definitely not just trying to sell yourself all the time. You want to stay yeah. genuine with people so they know, okay, this guy's real and not just trying to advance his career any way he can, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. and it's also just less work to be real, right? Like, the more yeah. faking you do, the more you have to, like, back that up and, like, all yeah, that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People be capping too much, and it's just, like, you, you can see through it right away. And where did you get the idea for the Spanish dude to come in for that song? Um, well, Jay Mali, again, like, through one of my friends. Oh, really? Yeah, so it was just, it, everything happens for a reason, right? And it's like a domino effect. Like, one thing after the other was happening when I was in Miami. And, uh... So I met Melly, and before that, I did the song with Jay Miley. We had Miami Vibe. We did the song. We left an open verse, and then um, I went to the studio with Melly one day, and he heard the song, and he was just like, "Fuck it, I want to, I want to be on this track." Okay, sick, sick. Okay, so it was just like that. You know, we didn't have, um, like we made the song without, you know, having any management involved. Nothing. It was just okay. Melly saying like, "Yo, I want to hop on this track." And yeah. After the song was 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 so dope and everyone loved it then you know we we sat down we came together with a plan to release it and make a music video and all that make shit. the video and, and all that mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't know that when they see the video, it just looks like it was like a collaboration done through management. Yeah, at no, least for it, me, it was, that's what everything, I thought. Everything was done organic, you know, like we were there, like I picked up Melly the day of the video shoot, I picked him up in the Lambo, we pulled up, we were chilling, we were, it, it was... Yeah, that night looks sick, bro. Like, would you, was you guys actually partying and then the camera was just around kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, the video, uh, Miami Vibe, we shot it, we, we rented out a bus, like a big-ass party bus, and it's written 11 on the side of it, the big 11 party bus. If, you, if you're from Miami, if anyone's from Miami listening to this, they know that, they know that bus, they've seen it before, and they, they definitely know what 11 is. It's basically one of the top strip clubs in the world. Okay, okay. And we had this bus parked right outside the strip club, and that's where we all boarded it, and uh, we're there on the bus, we're shooting, uh, Trippy Red comes on the bus, all organic. He was just like, chilling around. And he, he was just, just chilling. Yeah. He came, like he hit up Melly. He's like, "Where you at? I'm in Miami." Boom, pulled up. We had Lil Duke on the scene. We had Asian Doll. We had King Von in the video. Um, everyone just pulled up, you know, to show love. And uh, we were all just partying on the bus. You know, we had Jay Miley there with uh, with all his well, all his girls. He pulls up deep. Jay Miley's like uh, like a, a Colombian Hugh Hefner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so. Um, He's always well surrounded. He's a good looking guy, super chill, super down to earth. He's honestly a really good guy. So um, we had a crazy night on that bus. And at the end of the, by the end of the night, we ended up at the studio with the bus. We were about like 30 deep in this bus. And this is a funny story because we pulled up to the Hit Factory. And this is like one of the top studios in the world. It's gated and everything. There's security at the front. So security, they opened, they opened the gate and they see it's a giant ass bus and the door of the bus opened and everyone from the bus we just kind of bull rushed the studio so we filled up that parking lot in like 10 seconds and um are they trying to stop you and shit or with those one security guard just like what the fuck you know, like, <laughs> just making sure we're not tmz or anything and then guess who pops out of the studio to say what's up to melly it was kanye west no way so we're all there turned up <laughs> like mad mad girls running around in the parking lot everyone's turned up and then Kanye just comes out like, yo, what's, what the hell's going on? So that was cool. I met Kanye that night and uh, that was the night. Is Kanye I always like, uh, like high energy and like just like so many ideas going through his head at all times kind of thing? Well, I didn't really get the chance to, to chill with him. It was a really brief like, yo, what's up, yeah. Kanye? And, um, but he seemed like super chill, like super humble, like anyone else, you know, like just down to earth, you know, in the studio, ready to work. And... That was the night that Melly recorded mixed personalities. That's what happens sometimes, right? Like, like sometimes it just happens organically, like you said, and those are those always end up being like the bangers. Those are the best songs. The best songs are the ones you don't think about. You're vibing. You just hop in the booth, hear a crazy beat, boom, freestyle, half the track, and then you're just there, like going back, making sure everything's solid. Those are the best tracks. Those are the best tracks. And then Melly, Melly's honestly one of the talented, one of the most talented artists I've ever seen in action in the studio so effortless like a breeze bam goes in wow and then you're, you just you catch the vibe with him you're just like okay ooh, and then you know magic happens so so freely like that i saw so his, uh he did like a live set for a youtube channel uh, i don't remember what they're called but uh he's just like singing live but he, yeah he just seems like he's so passionate in his song yeah he's he's something else honestly yeah do you Super think uh, he got framed for for the shit or I don't know. Because you, you've like hung out with him, so you know what kind of person he is. Right? Yeah, knowing, kind of... knowing, knowing the guy, I mean, I can't really speak on this too much because like, yeah, 
you know, I, I've hung out with Melly, like I'd say, like around 10 times, you know, so I don't know him to that extent either. But, you know, like every time I was with him, super chill, super fun. You know, we were on boats together. We were in, we after Rolling Loud in L.A., we were at an after party together in the craziest house I've ever seen. We were partying. There was literally a club in the house, in this like ginormous glass house, sitting on the top who's, of the hill. Whose house? Just some random house. It was um, it was these these promoters. Okay. They had the house, and they're actually from Miami, so they had the house there, and it was just it was insane. And you know, like all the every time that I chill with Melly, it's just something lit was happening. We were in LA as a party, this that. We we're just vibing all the time. So like, from the way I know Melly, like he's a super chill guy, you know. So. I, I can't think that he did anything like that, especially yeah. for his homies, but... And based on, like, the accusation, it just seems like they're kind of fucking with him in jail and stuff, too, right? They're like, yeah. there's a lot of weird complaints, and they keep, like... It just seems like they're really, like, fucking with him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, free Melly, man. That shit's crazy. That's bullshit. I don't think he did it, honestly. I, I don't think he did it. I mean, Bortland's out right now. He's yeah, he sent me the track, right, with Kodak? Yeah, so, I mean, he's he's out. He's doing his thing. I mean, that's it. I mean, free Melly. Yeah, dope. You had another uh, track, and like in the music video, P Diddy's kids in there. Yeah. What is how was that like uh, a Miami thing too? Like that was that was actually in L.A. Uh, we we were in L.A. and um, the dude that I'm on the song with, Cash, he's pretty close boys with with P Diddy's P, P Diddy's son. So he just pulled up in the video, showed love. We were, we were all just out in LA flexing, having a good time. He was just there jamming. So, you know, that was kind of like just on the side of the road type video, you know, not a big script or anything. We we're just chilling. I think you say, oh yeah, I went to PDD's house. Yeah, well, we did go to PDD's house. Oh, you did? House. Okay, yeah. sick. Funny story, I don't know if I should say this, but we actually just like smoked a blunt on the side of P. Diddy's house and mm -hmm. his son was like, yo, I want my dad to come out. It's <laughs> like any other fucking situation. Yeah, yeah. Where you're smoking at your boy's house and you're just like, oh shit, P. Diddy's gonna come out here and whoop our ass. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's your dad, right? So, yeah. like, it's crazy how it's all similar in like all walks of life somehow, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, these, these celebrities are just people at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, the music video was shot by, uh, what's his name, Louis? Louis Knows. Yeah. Yes. So did you guys go and find him or did you connect well, with them? Well, again, it's all of the relationships that we built throughout the years and doing everything and being there and being active and just connecting with people. So um, through through a friend, you know, we got Louis, we linked up and made it happen, you know? Yeah, because I like his work because he has some really cool shit. Yeah, he's dope with the visuals. Because mm. like, I feel like a lot of people talk about Code Burnett, but um, like, like people like Louis and stuff, we're not really talking yeah, about Yeah, Louis is definitely more slept on than Cole Bennett, but Louis' time's coming, for sure. For sure. He's opened up his studio in LA too now, so he's, uh, his time is coming, definitely. When did you know, because like, you knew at a really young age that music is what you wanted to do, right? Like, how did that happen? Like, was that, you, how did you just know? Especially in a time where, like, Montreal wasn't really known for artists. Um, well, yeah, back in the day, the way I started making music was honestly, like, as a defense mechanism. Because my brother would just wake me up and start freestyling, dissing me. So I would diss him back. And that's basically how I started freestyling. Like, my love for music came from my love for freestyling and just coming off the top. And that feeling of just like creating something on the spot. Like that's really where the passion is. It's like that, that creativity that just runs through you. And 
it all started with me just dissing my brother back and then you know we we bought a computer and a little setup and we just started making our own tracks and from that it flourished to just a really steady a full-grown passion you know for for creation of music and like i said that feeling of just creating something so it started off like that and then um you know i never really thought it was going to be it was going to be such a big part of my life until you know i really started like saying you know what fuck it i don't care what anybody thinks you know if i don't want to go to school i'm not going to do something i don't love um yeah how did you like that's what i mean like how did you have the balls to do that like super young like how did you know it's just about being, you know, having a right mindset and just saying, you know, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it and nothing's going to stop me. And it comes back to being like, like I'm a pretty spiritual person. So I believe what you put out into, into the universe is what you'll receive. So it's all about energy and, and manifestation and, you know, you know, you, your, your wish is your command, you know, you get what you put out. So sure, yeah. I started grinding and making, making my manifestations more realistic by putting the work in behind it going into music and stuff so you're like focusing more on it and you're starting to get like songs with melody and stuff and you're getting a bit of clout right with that are you you're obviously getting haters how are you focusing like do you even focus on the haters or do you just completely like cut them out because like well, if, if music is your product that you're selling right yeah and the comment section is kind of like your customers in a sense right yeah well i mean the the comment section is more like the review section the re- yeah so we're looking yeah. at it as a product but yeah. at the same time it's like the haters are just funny at the end of the day because like if they only knew how much like we don't give a fuck about what they think mm-hmm. and we're just doing this out of love and we really don't care we're not doing it to to please anyone but if you like the music and you're vibing like like good like that's that that's really good but we're not doing it to impress anyone. We're not doing it to... We're doing it for yourself. Yeah. We're doing it for ourselves. And the haters are just funny because they think that what they say actually affects us. We really, we really couldn't give a fuck. So you don't, you don't even look at it as a constructive criticism to an extent? Well... Which is kind of hard, I guess. It's like you look at it and you take everything with a grain of salt, honestly. And you laugh at it, too. You, know, you can't let that shit get to you. People are going to hate on you regardless. As, as soon as somebody sees that you're in a position where they would like to be in or you know something that's that's out of reach for some people you know they're gonna hate they're gonna be jealous they're gonna want to say shit and and you just gotta you know take it with a grain of salt or don't even take it at all and just move forward and not even pay attention because yeah most of the time they're just trying to get attention anyways yeah. they just want you to react right exactly exactly and and that's what they're looking for a reaction why are you gonna give them a reaction to something negative yeah, because uh, that was one of the things I noticed, too, because, like, like, for some reason, I'm like, oh, there's, like, an artist coming out of Montreal. Like, instead of the support, for some reason, there's so much hate. And, like, for me, like, I was just like, okay, that's dumb, you know? Like, and yeah, it's like that you don't care. Like, that's, that's the way to do it. That's it. We don't care, and we, we you know, we turn the page, and we, we, we move forward. That's it. And yeah, and it's been working. Yeah, I've been working we, out for you. We just, we just don't care. We're not going to focus on people trying to bring us down, because then, fuck, we're giving them what they want, and... That was never part of the plan. We're going to aim for the top, you know, shoot for the stars. If we miss, we hit the moon. You know? And like you said, it's energy. Like, you don't want to put energy there. Yeah, we don't give any, anybody yeah. that energy. Um, for marketing-wise, like, do you guys have a team for that, or are you guys doing it yourself? Uh, we're doing everything independently now. Okay. Yeah, everything independently. So we're, we're basically, we're just pushing, you know? We're pushing. We just dropped a project on March 12th, so it's about, like, 11 days ago and you know the project's doing good we're almost at 50k streams and we didn't really push it that hard but you know we we, we got a, a 
few people working on marketing, but nothing major. We just want to see right now we're deciding, we're, we're checking our, our stats to see which song is performing the best. So then we can do a video. And then once we have our video, that's where we're going to put the real budget behind and push it and, and put it on these major platforms. Cause everyone, you know, appreciates a visual. Yeah, for sure. Song, right? so, yeah. It's crazy how like a song can just change in your head from watching it versus listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause everybody nowadays, artists are saying, you know, uh, it's better to drop singles, singles, singles. And I, and I turned around and I said, no, nah, I'm going to drop an EP. I'm going to drop an EP and the single that performs the best, I'll see that people are, are liking it more. So then I'll put in the budget to make the video and to promote that one song as a single instead of the whole project. But that one song is going to be the one in the spotlight and then we'll be able to push it and market it accordingly. When you're releasing an EP, is it a, are you trying to tell a story in, in the whole thing or is um, it separate? It depends. Like sometimes, yeah, but uh, this is my, my first EP that I, that I put out um, since I was under the name Argento. Okay. And I dropped an EP with Cash Money uh, back in the day. And now um, this is the first EP that I dropped and it's a very particular style. I Am Gento, the EP on Spotify everywhere. You can go get that. There is kind of like a theme. Is it a COVID project? Like, did, I, did you do the whole EP during... Well, I, honestly, this whole EP, I did it, um, it was the month of December towards, towards the end of, of, of 2020, okay. you know, and literally I think I sent it out. I sent it out for mixing and mastering on December 24th mm. on Christmas Eve. And, um, basically I was really inspired that week to get something out there and, and, and to do something. And so I linked up with this producer cold melody and, uh, he's just some guy I found on YouTube. So I hit him up on BeatStars and got all, I got, I got all the beats and, um, man, I just really felt the vibe and I came up with these songs and did was, something happen for you to get that, that inspiration? No, not really. It's, it's, it's just, I guess I, I wasn't really focusing on music for a little period of time before that. And then I was like, you know what? I need to fucking come back and drop some things. So I felt, I just felt really inspired. And like, like I mentioned earlier, when you're in a studio and everything's coming out so effortlessly and that's when you get the best the best product and that was just a week where literally it was like six days where i was just on point and i i think i made like 15 songs and picked five for the ep but all these songs are just like super dope so i figured you know what let's package it properly let's release it as an ep and come up with a good plan for it okay sick are you on tiktok as well um yeah started recently posting a little bit on tiktok i tried to do a little bit of promo for the ep um, to promote the pre-save link and stuff. Um, my TikTok is a one gentle and, um, is it a one gentle across all platforms? It's a one gentle. That's my handle. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking for my music, you gotta type in gentle okay. for the, for the new music. Okay. Oh, okay. So even in Spotify, it's under a different artist name. It's under gentle, but you can also find all my old tracks under a one gentle. Okay, yeah. Do you think you're going to keep gentle for long or? Yeah, I'm gentle is pretty much the plan right now because, um, you know, we're trying to go a bit more commercial with everything. So it's just another direction. And then, you know, we'll see where it goes. Okay. And for TikTok, do you have like a game plan for TikTok or are you just kind of using it as promo, like you said? Well, I mean, I'm starting to understand the algorithm of TikTok a bit more and it's, you have to be really consistent yeah. 
and I kind of have to dedicate a lot of time to become a content creator for TikTok. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm there yet because I'm busy doing other things. Yeah, that's the thing. You got to find that time too. Yeah, but you know, there's always time in the day. Like, um, I'm on TikTok for for a few of my other venues that I'm working on, um, and it's it's working, but it's just it's very time consuming. I feel because yeah, you got to be creative with like what you're gonna put out. You got to maybe do like some kind of skit or whatever. You yeah, know? and you know, like the the other stuff I'm doing is very informative and educational, and it's talking about like cryptocurrency and stuff like oh, that. Yeah? So. I've been doing TikToks for that and it's slowly picking up, but it's a lot of content preparation and- Are you big in crypto? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a crypto freak. Yeah? Yeah. Um, what's your like main coins? Bitcoin, Ethereum. Just Bitcoin, Ethereum. Have you looked at all coins as well? Yeah. BSV, um, that's a Satoshi Vision coin. Um, there's, a, there's a few other ones, but mainly uh, I'm a huge Bitcoin head. Have you been for a while or was this recent? Yeah, I mean, I got into crypto, I'd say not a while. I wasn't like the lucky first, you know, that had Bitcoin when it was worth like a hundred bucks. But I would say for the past like three years, I've been. Uh, okay, yeah, been so like 2017, like, like that big boom, like in 2017 yeah. type of shit. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on NFTs? Or would you ever do NFT stuff? Well, NFTs is basically, uh, yeah, yeah. NFTs, since we're talking about it, I'm actually working with. Um, with Satoshi Vision, it's a Montreal-based company, and we're basically we're basically starting our own NFT marketplace. Sick. So that's launching everywhere April sixth, and uh, we have some big players, celebrities, and influencers, high-caliber, high-profile people that are backing this this release and this launch for this marketplace. Um, I can't really state any names yet, but there's some serious players, and it's going to be huge. So are you going to um, allow like? Um kind of like uh, like eBay kind of thing where like anybody could put up their artwork? Well, yeah, yeah. So basically you'll be able to mint your own artwork, but the goal is that it gives a platform for artists to easily connect with celebrities and influencers to curate specific drops for them. Like a fiber type thing? Um, kind, of, kind of in the principle where people can connect and work together. But it'll be it'll be just like uh, these other NFT platforms where you can go place a bid on something. If you want to upload an artwork, you just have to mint it. Right, right. And um, yeah, the NFT world. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's a super new industry, and I mean, we dove right into it head first. Yeah, it's sick. I like that you you get in with like what's trending like right away. Yeah, you're of like course. always like in there. In and that. being being uh, crypto freaks, you know we started hearing about these nfts and we said you know what we got to do something right away because this is this is huge you know and and plus being in the music industry all these years having connections with people and artists and and different influencers we figured you know what we could we could actually help artists get their 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 art out there in a, in a curated way with a celebrity yeah because you have you know, the resources so everyone kind of wins in that in that term we can help out an artist and the celebrity will get their nft when do you think that's going to be uh, active in april 6th is launching yeah yeah satoshi.art yeah um what else do you have coming up in the future well definitely like i mentioned earlier we got the video we're going to be planning to shoot a video you don't know which uh, song yet uh i do yeah we, we know which song yet we're just still watching the stats but for now it's going to be midst of the blackness off the ep yeah, so we got uh, we got the treatment and everything ready, so we're just waiting. 
just waiting. We just want to watch the stats a little bit, see how the streams go first, and then we're going to plan a, a really dope video. So are you going to um, always be going back to Miami, like, long-term? Or do you, like, always jump back and forth between Montreal? Um, like, post well, I mean, I'm saying post-COVID, like, after Yeah, this. yeah. I'm, I'm not an American citizen or anything. Okay. So... There, there's only a certain amount of time I'm allowed to be in the States, but definitely I'm going to utilize all that time because I'm trying to get out of Montreal. Yeah? Yeah. You sure. think long-term you're going to be out? Yeah. In the States? The, the goal is we're going to be out of Montreal. You know, like you said, like there's a lot of people hating in Montreal. It's a bucket of crabs, you know, we're just trying to get out of here. And Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's really interesting that it's like that, like, it's rare that Montrealers want to support their own. And like, look at Keitronado, for example, like this guy's doing super well. No recognition in Montreal until he starts making it outside. Yeah, exactly. You gotta make it outside and people will respect you here. But I'm not saying I don't love Montreal. I love Montreal, born and raised here, but you know, I've tried everything in Montreal. You know, we did everything, we hit every avenue and comparing it to what we tried in, in, in Miami in the same regards, it's just, it's so much more productive once you're, once you're outside of Montreal and even like, even just on my social medias, the second I'm in Miami, it's like I'm getting five times the views on everything and people are just more interested in what's going on, you know? So yeah, it's just like all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, we're fucking with you now. Then when, as soon as when you come back home, it's like, all right, bro, like that's the same old local shit. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, well, you already have the mindset of like, fuck the haters, you know? You don't need to spend yeah, your it's, energy. It's, it's a waste fuck, of energy. It's, it's fuck, fuck the haters. I mean, it's, it's, it's don't even look at him. Don't even, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Word. Yeah. Well, dude, I really appreciate you coming. For sure, brother. Seriously. Happy to be yeah. here. Take care, bro. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, hell yeah. Think we got some good shit there?